Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hey, what's up, everyone? I'm Matt Migaki, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians. We talk all about their lives and music while sharing killer craft beers. If you've ever wanted to sneak backstage and share a beer with one of your favorite musicians, well, Vox and Hops is the podcast for you. This week on the podcast, I dropped an amazing episode with Dom Grimal of The Last Felony, Ion Dissonance, and Cryptopsy. There is this episode and over 450 other ones to help you enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. So what are you waiting for? It's time to become a Vox and Hops head. Cheers! Welcome to the Punk Rock and Beer Podcast. Really quickly, before we get into this episode, I wanted to mention my Patreon. Patrons get all of the podcasts a week early. I do giveaways. I do some other stuff. But most importantly, if you want me to review your music or artwork or anything else, Patreon is the way to do that. Every month, I do a call for submissions. All you need to do if you want me to review something is just post it in the comments of that post. Then I will review it live on Twitch for the hundreds of people that tune into every stream and post it on Patreon for everyone to check out. All you need to do is just join at the $10 and up level. Stay tuned for that post and you are good to go. So if that sounds cool to you and you want me to review your music, artwork, or anything else, hit the link in the show notes for this episode. And thank you very much to everyone who supports over on Patreon. Ian, welcome to the show. Thank you for making time for that. Ladies and gentlemen who are watching, please order in the court, order in the court. Today, we are putting Ska on trial for crimes against humanity. I will be representing the prosecution today. And representing the defense, we have world-famous comedian Ian Fidance. Uh, Ian, Exhibit A in the trial, we have Real Big Fish. Have you come into my courtroom today to defend this, to vouch for this? I just want to say, first of all... You sound defensive. I just want to say, first of all, we're jumping right in. If it pleases the court, I would just like to say thank you for having me here. Uh, I'm very excited. I've been looking, I've been a fan for a long time, long time listener, first time defender. And, uh, I'm happy to be here, Finn. If it pleases the court, uh, ladies and gentlemen, the jury, I'd like to say if real big fish and furthermore, Scott does not bring you joy or just a little bit of a, you have no soul and you're going to hell. I rest my case. Thank you. You may be dismissed. Well, there we have it. In all seriousness, before we get into it, I do have questions about Scott, but before we get into it, tell us a little bit about yourself. I, I know you're a comedian. I know you're a funny man. And I know that you have uh, seemingly dedicated a bafflingly large amount of your life to Ska. I don't know much more than that. So tell us who you are. Well, uh, you know what, Finn? Where do I begin, brother? Uh <laughs> I'm from Wilmington, Delaware. Uh, I grew up in uh, punk rock, hardcore, ska. I was in a ska band in high school. 
it uh, shaped my entire life in terms of like just my work ethic and kind of like how I saw the world and, you know, this like positive, inclusive, uh, very fun way. It gave me something positive to dedicate my life to when it could have gone down a very bad path. Music has always been important to me. I, I loved hardcore shows and losing my mind and like letting that be an outlet. You know, older kids got me into ska bands and, you know, I looked up to these guys. I was like 14. Everyone in the band was like 18. And uh, it was really cool. It was great. You know, we'd pack the car, go to Warped Tour. I just associate so many good memories with this type of music. And it's kind of played throughout my life. And uh, now as a comic, you know, I traveled every weekend all over the country, all over the world. And, uh, you know, I feel like I'm in a Scott. I mean, I'm a comic. Yes. But when I'm on stage, I want to be the lead singer of a hardcore band. I want to be in a ska band. I want to make people feel energy and enjoy themselves the same way I did when I was younger, going to see the thing that I loved. Got it. Aside from uh, hitting the road, doing the comedy thing, you also have a podcast. Yes, it's called Being Ian with Jordan. It is uh, with my best friend, Jordan Jensen. She's a fantastic comic. And this is our studio. It's the Delaware Den. We hang out and it's kind of like a sleepover with your two best friends that have spiders and worms in their brains. And uh, it's the only podcast sponsored by Brain Parasites. And uh, it's great. It's a good time. Her and I bonded over, you know, going to hardcore shows. And uh, we're like huge fans of Incendiary. And they are like now fans of ours and stuff. And so it's it's really cool to kind of bridge that world between comedy and, and the music we're into. Got it. Well, the thing that surprised me, because I would say two years ago, everything you said about ska is how I felt about it too. And then I made a video about ska punk, which I thought was a pretty complimentary video. Yes. I don't know if you've watched it. I did watch it, but you kind of talk shit on my friend Britt, the lead singer of Catbite. And you said she had bangs, green hair, and a septum ring, so you were done. And I say... No, no, that's a different video, but yes. Oh, I'm I'm here to defend Brit and Catbite as well. I see that, and, you know, sometimes... That's a joke. Come on, it's a joke. See, here's my problem. Here's my problem with ska fans is they yes. cannot take a fucking joke. They're the most thin-skinned, defensive people. No, no, no. I could take jokes. I'm defending. I'm defending as a friend. I'm defending as a friend. I, I get it that, you know, old hardcore guy. It's a joke. Anger, it's a joke. But it's a joke. I loved that video because it was very fun to watch you listen and get like your legit real reaction. And I don't care if people like don't like. And also, Ska is kind of like Dave Matthews Band, where like you can like it, but the fans kind of ruin it for you sometimes. You know, I get it. They did. I was shocked. People tell me like, oh, you you haven't heard the right Ska. Like, dude, I heard this shit. I was listening to Moon Records shit 30 years ago. Yes. Like I've heard. I have heard all of it. The Scoy Dots. Yes. I saw the Scoy Dots in like 1995. Yes. I love it. In like a fucking v VFW. That's awesome. I'm not a stranger to ska. And um, I was very surprised. So I made this video called What's Killed Ska Punk. Mm -hmm. And I mean, it is a, an objective fact that that stuff was popular for a little bit. And then it became not popular. And even the people in the bands would tell you that. Totally. And uh, I was not expecting to get a backlash from that video, but I did. They were were very angry and every time i've ever made a joke about scott like i don't understand how someone can take real big fish so seriously they've really made me dislike the genre i was shocked that scott fans you know for being 
you would think a bunch of fun-loving dorks yeah. seem to be very thin-skinned, defensive, angry people. They called me racist because I didn't like Real Big Fish, <laughs> the whitest fucking band of all time. <laughs> that I love that. That's hilarious. It, it's funny because I feel like people with Scott have thin skin in a way because it's always an eye roll. It's like if a marching band got mad at their parents. It's I get it. It's that type of music, right? And everybody shits and that's on fine. it. So it's like you're you're defending yourself your whole life. So like your pricklers are up. You know, like your little like it, it's like you're like a porcupine. You know, always yeah. kind of like on defensive mode. But at the same time, it's like, dude, have your opinion i don't care if you don't like ska all i care about is that you get the energy and the emotion behind it and can recognize that when you listen to ska you feel better than before you listen to it except if you are the majority of my friends who dislike ska i had a birthday party once and they were like put on whatever music you want so i put on my band and they were like turn off the music <laughs> Like, I get it. I understand. But like, also, when you do these like videos and any opinion online, you're going to get such a divisive anger. Yeah. that just it sucks, man. It sucks. It I hate it. And and I guarantee I bet that turned you off from it because everybody was like hating on you. Yeah, exactly. I was just genuinely like I I was not surprised, like when black metal fans hate me, whatever. I get it. That's black metal. Yeah, yeah. everything including themselves. I get it. That doesn't surprise me. But Ska, I was genuinely shocked to find out how like, you know, aggressive and just really kind of hateful these people are. Yeah. And I mean, that's across the board. The more people are like, and love is love. Love trumps all. Except yes. if you don't like the thing I don't like, then die in a fire. <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. What are, you, what are we doing? The chillest people are butt rock and country fans. Butt rock fans I fucking roast butt rock relentlessly. Nobody ever gets mad about it. What is butt rock? Crossfade, hinder, um, nickelback, that kind of thing. Ring them on the lips yeah. of an angel. Exactly. If you didn't do a gargoyle as a keg stand in 2006 to hinder, get the fuck out of my life. Okay. You didn't live. You didn't live. You didn't live. You, you wasted your youth yeah. on something much worse than butt rock. Yeah. So my theory is that the the less social currency a given group of people has in real life, mm -hmm. the more shitty and hateful they are online. So butt rock fans and country fans don't give a shit what you say about their music online because they're busy fucking in real life. Ska fans, all they have is ska. Well, yeah. And also... You know, ignorance is bliss. If you're a huge fan of butt rock and country, you don't have a ton of brain cells to even get upset about it. You you were lobotomized through music, so I get it, you know? Or maybe you were lobotomized before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how they got into it. Yeah. You know, who knows? Yeah. Chicken or the egg? Who knows? I, I just, it, I just, it really just genuinely baffles me. The the other thing about, about ska that's interesting to me is that the ska people think that they are the keepers of hidden knowledge like they they all lecture me and tell me actually you know ska came from jamaica in the 60s I'm like literally everybody knows this you fucking dork yeah this is not some hidden fucking secret that you uncovered everyone fucking knows this that's why i like unabashedly love ska and i just embrace it and hardcore and punk rock because there's so many gatekeepers and it's just 
people that aren't happy with their lives and they try to hoard power in any way they can. And for some reason, they're all gravitated towards music, no matter what genre. Yeah. I love how people can't just enjoy. They have to give dissertations and they have to be like, "Eh, mm, actually, and for like a community of people that are like, wildly inclusive and love diversity any sort of diversity of thought they're like um num 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 <laughs> and i i get it you know but it's like at the end of the day it's about the music and how it makes you feel who cares how you get into it who cares if you're wrong it's like just right. enjoy it you know and everybody knows the waves of ska right but i do think any sort of conversation that gets you talking about Sky is an, is a way and entry point into actually listening. So I'm all for it, you know. But it it is very funny how everybody has to mm, actually about any genre of music Anything. just because people just want to feel important. And I I get it. It sucks, but I get it, you know. But you're you're gonna turn people off. Yeah, you're like. Wow, I love the specials, and they're like, well, actually, they were named originally Blee Blop, and you're like, <laughs> oh, my God, you're exhausting. I don't want to have to enjoy stuff and have to do a book report in order to enjoy it, you know? Exactly. It's entertainment. I want to, like, have fun and relax. I don't want to feel like, you know, I'm uh, being interrogated every yeah. time I mention this. If if I'm enjoying ice cream and people are like, well, you know, it comes from rock salt. And I, you know, and they like dissect it. I'm like, I don't want to eat my Van Leeuwen honeycomb right now. I want to fucking, you know, choke on the spoon and die. <laughs> it's true. It's true. And I just, uh, I don't understand why nerdy men have to ruin everything. Yeah. I mean, I don't know because they don't feel good about their own lives so they have to i mean women don't do this shit no because they're just you know glad to be included and not have men hating on them so they're like whatever you know but it's it's also a thing of like i think people dislike ska and punk rock to a certain extent and stuff because it it does get derivative after a while i think that's why there are different waves that were almost like genre changing because at a certain point you're just redoing the same thing right and i think that's what's cool now about all these ska bands that are out is that there is you know like a fourth wave and there is new blood and there is new kind of sounds that are coming into it whereas like you give the example of real big fish that album turn the radio off perfect amazing follow-up album incredible album after that couldn't care less it's kind of the same right they have like an album called like life sucks let's dance and it's like you guys are the jimmy buffett of ska cool <laughs> but Catbite, for an example, yeah. you can see the progress of their sound throughout their albums. By the way, just to be clear, I liked that song. I think they're a good band. I was just making fun of her haircut. That's all. <laughs> and you bald fuck. Now, here's and I'm right there with you. Hey, fair enough. Turnabout is fair play. What I think was cool about them is that they took their album and recorded it as like a country album. Mm. They recorded it as a hardcore album. Like they did covers of their own songs. And I really dig that. Like Drug Church just did a cover of Someday I Suppose by Mighty Money Bosstones. And it's the best cover I've ever heard. I love when bands reinvent themselves and just do something different. Like Blacklisted is my favorite hardcore band of all time. 
and no one deserves to be here more than me is an album that pissed people off. They wanted another, the beat goes on. They wanted right. another heavier than heaven, lonelier than God. Like they wanted. Or like when no warning went Lincoln park. Yeah, that was weird. That, okay. <laughs> no, 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 no. But I love music that kind of grows because as a comedian, I'm growing and I'm changing. And I want you to hear me five years ago, six, six months ago and be like, whoa, you're different now. Like I always want to be building and evolving and I feel like that was a downfall of ska is that a ton of bands weren't evolved. Like I love Lesson Jake, but it's like, yeah. it's all the fucking same. So that's why I think the bands coming out now are really, really, and that's no knock on Lesson Jake. They're fucking great. They're great iconic band. in the canon of ska, but I think that's why there had to be different waves, you know, because it, if you do the same all throughout, it's going to suck and people aren't going to like it. I don't know all the, the newer ska bands, but people have sent me them and I've listened to them and stuff. And, uh, you know, I would say there's a few standouts like the interrupters, for example, but what's missing to me compared to like, say nineties ska is a third wave ska and ska punk is that I don't hear the same kind of like really um, timeless songs or a lot of star power. So for example, whether you like the boss tones or not, those are like really, really, really good songs. Same yes. with like, you know, no doubt. I would even say the same thing, you know, less than Jake. Lots of those bands had legitimately say Ferris legitimately really catchy, good songs. Yeah. Dude, The World is New by Save Ferris, I think is just such a quintessential ska song. But I, I will say, for me, they weren't, like, hugely popular. But what became my, like, version of Mighty Mighty Boss Tones impression that I get, like, a classic, amazing song, is Mail Order is Still Fun, the Asian Man Records, like, mm -hmm. Mike Park compilation. Yep. Like, those compilation albums, they gave, like, the best of those band songs and they became like the quintessential song of like that band for me. And then if I liked it, I would dig deeper into the catalog, but you know, like the Jinkies, the best song to me is big world because that is like a song that stuck out to me. And then they have others in their, you know, um, catalog, but that to me is a way of finding classic songs was, and, and I don't think labels do that even like victory style, like labels don't, do that anymore where they no. put up uh, bad time records actually is a ska label they do that they have the shape of like ska punk to come or whatever okay. and it's like very compilation heavy which i i love and i don't think like labels really do that anymore i i may be mistaken they might do it i don't know it just it kind of just doesn't really make sense anymore in a world where you can just go listen to anything you want whenever you want yeah on spotify you know, back in the day when you didn't have access to this stuff, it was a way to hear totally 20 bands that you'd never heard before for three bucks. Yeah, it was a $3 mixtape. Awesome. And yeah, the coolest thing about coming up when when I did, and I'm sure you too, and I know I'm like, I'm an old guy yelling at the clouds, but like, I loved getting a mixtape from like an older kid and being like, oh my God, yeah. or having an album that I loved. I remember I liked Earth Crisis and then I looked at their thank yous and it was like Snapcase, Bloodlet. And I was like, right. who are these guys? And I went to the record store, listened and was like, this is my new favorite band. And that doesn't really exist anymore unless you look at like show flyers or like what bands are like posting and who they're with or like yeah. hate five six is great right. because that is like the new visual mixtape in a way yeah no that's a great point i mean i think you know discovery is a thing 
and, and will always be a thing because there's always going to be more music than anyone could possibly listen to. Just the form that it takes is different. Yeah. But I, I mean, it was a lot of fun to get something like that in the mail or at a record store and have no fucking idea what yeah. three quarters of the bands were. And by the time you were done listening to it, hopefully you found like five or six new bands that you loved. Yeah. It was fun. That's, dude, I, I go home to my mom's house in Delaware. I'm a, I'm a, I live in New York. And whenever I go home, I find my old Case Logic CDs. And I have these compilations. I have like an Oi compilation with like 80 bands from Moonsky Records. And I drive her like Toyota Highlander and I put the CD in and I'm immediately shot back to like being late to high school, like speeding through like stop signs, getting my like driver's permit taken away. It's like an 80s movie. Yeah. Yeah. And and that's the thing, too, about ska. And I have a friend. We we did a road gig together and I was like, yeah, he's driving. Obviously, he's in charge of the music. And I was really disgusted because he was like, unironically loving lady gaga like not just like a hit but like the album and i'm like what oh, the i non-ironically love lady gaga deep cuts so him and i would probably be very good driving buddies one or two okay but for All a two-hour car ride to poughkeepsie no <laughs> i mean poughkeepsie is the real problem here I know. I know. Wait, yeah. What the fuck am I doing? You know, you got to make money how you can get it. But uh, I was like, man, and he's like a Queens sports guy, Italian, slick back hair. And I'm like, I really feel for him and people. <laughs> now it takes on a different sort of character. Now I'm thinking like Jersey Shore. Yes. Almost. OK, that's yes. interesting. Lives I and dies by the Mets and right. not okay. in a judgment or like pull my nose up but it really gives me gratitude for being able to come up and have a scene and like a a subculture to be a part of that helped influence me to who i am today so i don't have to settle for like radio hits which is fine for some people but like i don't know what my life would be like if i didn't have this history with this music that's you know taps into this probably a lot better excuse you a pardon you <laughs> <laughs> Hey, you. Do you have any plans this year? Ha! How's that going? Do you get 2020? Well, welcome to a brand new podcast called 2020, where myself, Benny Goodman, and my good friends, Corey Pazin and Siobhan Cronin from the band Lost Symphony, also got 2020. And since the world ended this year, we decided why not just check in with some of our friends in the music industry and see how everyone's doing. We're going to get a candid look at life on and off the stage, as well as the mindset of some of the most successful people in the entertainment industry. New episodes drop every Sunday and Wednesday at 9 p.m. Eastern. And you can listen at Tuesday. 020-D.com, SoundTalentMedia.com, or on your favorite podcast app. The number you have reached is 100.7 WMMS. It wasn't just a radio station, it was a lifestyle. Cleveland is a rock and roll city for sure. Get down! The Wrath of the Buzzer. The rise and fall of one of the most iconic radio stations in America. Profiles, The Wrath of the Buzzard, P-R-O-H Files. Subscribe now wherever you get podcasts. But first, I want to thank DistroKid for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. If you're not familiar, DistroKid is a digital music distribution service that musicians use to put their music into online stores and streaming services. So in plain language, if you have ever wondered how to get your music on iTunes, Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube Music, Amazon, Deezer, Tidal, and many, many more, there's like 
dozens and dozens of different streaming services. DistroKid is the way to do it. It is super easy. I have used it to put my music on Spotify. It took me maybe five minutes to like set it up and upload everything. It's legitimately awesome. I am sincerely a fan of this company and their product. And for those of you who have asked, you can also upload your music to TikTok with DistroKid. And if you want a chance to get featured on DistroKid's Spotify playlists, you can do that by submitting a song through Spotlight and getting your fans to vote for you. You can also use Hyperfollow to get more Spotify followers. You can promote your new release as well as Spotify Canvas. That's where there's the video in the background in the player. And when you share it on Instagram, it shares that video too to make your Spotify release pop. And Spotify Canvas is available to all DistroKid artists. Like I said, as you can probably tell from this, like I am sincerely a fan of DistroKid. DistroKid can do everything I just talked about and so much more. So be sure to sign up with my link, which is in the show notes for this episode, to get 7% off your first year. That link is in the show notes of this episode or go to distrokid.com slash VIP slash the punk rock NBA. And thanks again to DistroKid for sponsoring this episode. I always think about that too, really for better or worse, like my whole life, even like my business partners and stuff are all people that I know through like music. Yeah. I mean, that's how I know my wife and like, I mean, everything, everything in my life pretty much can be traced back to music in some way or another. Yeah. As a comic, I'd much rather talk to other comics or like fans about music and like bands and tattoos and like shit that I like than like comedy or like anything else. So I hate talking about like comedy, you know, and I, I think music is a great entry point into deeper friendships and connections. Yeah, it is. Absolutely. And even the stuff in my life that isn't directly related to music always sort of finds a way to be related. For example, I've done jujitsu for a long time. And of course, the people that I know from jujitsu that end up being my friends also, you know, like, I don't know, my old jujitsu coach has, you know, like a crown of thorns CD in the back of the gym, you know, juggernaut. Yeah, exactly. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, you know, it finds a way. Yeah. To sort of infiltrate every aspect of my life. And sometimes, you know, there's been times in my life where I'm like, God damn it. Why am I surrounded by these fucking dysfunctional, hardcore people everywhere in my goddamn life? Like, what would my life be like if I was around some fucking normal people for once? Yeah. But who knows? I mean, it just is what it is. Well, it's funny. Like, it used to be the hardcore to jaded DJ pipeline. Yeah. And now it's like the hardcore to jujitsu, yes, like, that's union job pipeline. Yeah. And I fucking love it, you know? Yeah. You have a few options. You know, the door guy is another one with yes. the uh, the denim vest with the Kailessa back patch on it. You know, that's another potential option for aging hardcore guys. I love it. I, I My favorite thing is like, it. it is really, really cool to still go to shows and see like old dudes with their kids on their shoulders. Like, I think that's really cool. And I want to be like, hey, hold on to this because that's such a cool moment. But I have a mustache and I can't be like, I love what you're doing with your kid. You know, so I just <laughs> have to like keep that inside. You know, the, the glasses, you know, it all just adds up, yeah. you know, yeah. the ring, you know, just the whole picture. You put it all together. Finny Fin Fin, you know what my ring says? <laughs> Ska. Oh, my God. I was looking at the other one, actually, because, um, yeah. So, uh, you know, I'm I'm very fascinated with uh, with butt rock fashion in particular. The two things, my, my bit, maybe you can give me some advice on this. Let's punch it up. Let's go. My ongoing bit 
is being into wrist accessories because you notice those bands, they always have like the leather wrist cuffs. Yes. And the, and the, the, the bracelets kind of like yours and the chunky rings. So that's how I evaluate any of these bands is I look first at their wrist accessories and then their rings, then the chain wallet, and then we get to the music. The leather wristband is the new age equivalent of the bandana on the mic stand of Aerosmith. Yes, exactly. I love exactly. it. And then the guy from Hinder, he has both. You got you to gotta watch the video for Lips, Lips of an Angel sometime. He's, he's got scarves all over the place, scarves and candles, kind of a throwback to like Aerosmith. But then he's also got the rings and the wrist cuff. That he's a renaissance man who's really bridged the gap between those two eras. Remember the darkness? Remember them? Yeah. They were the same. Bro, in college, me and my roommates used to dress up and lip sync to hinder. I love any music and any song that has a good huh. Yeah. That's my favorite. Huh. Warren yeah. Zevon, tons of huhs. Feel the pressure by uh drain. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. It just makes you want to fucking, yeah, you know? There's got to be some of those in turnstile songs somewhere. Maybe I've never noticed. But if, if there if there isn't, we need to add them. Oh, yeah. Well, dude, you know, it's funny. And for my podcast, me and Jordan, we have, like, one of our designs for, like, our merch is Beavis and Butthead. And look what it says on the shirts. Oh, just listen. I, I don't know. Uh, from looking at your Instagram, it sounds like you used to be in a pretty dark place. Yes. And, uh, you know, maybe it's like, so like I used to be into graffiti, you know, and for a lot of people, it's like, well, you've, de you've dedicated your life to graffiti and that's kind of sad, but it's better than being in a gang, I guess. And, uh, yeah, that's kind of how I feel about Scott, you know, do, is there a part of me that sees that you've devoted so much of your life to Scott and I kind of feel pity? Yes. But given, you know, the alternatives, I, I guess, you know, you're, you're doing the best you can with what you got. Well, you know, it's funny when I was like straight edge and into punk and scum, blah, blah. My life was like pretty great. And then my dedication turned to rock gut vodka and cocaine. And I stopped <laughs> listening to ska. And I was like, I'm a Marshall Tucker mm. band song, you know? And I was like, let me put on, you know, Grand Funk Railroad record and just drink. And then Oof. in sobriety, I've like way gotten back into Scott hardcore and I'm like happier than I've ever been. So I definitely think there's a correlation of like, the because I used to I used to think that I was like a 70s leather jacket, you know, like that's what I used to think I am. Uh -huh. And now I'm like fucking checkerboard van slip ons and I'm OK with it. I love it. The like leather jacket cocaine kind of thing is definitely one of the more popular post hardcore pathways. Uh, I didn't do the leather jacket oh. thing, but I definitely was drinking a lot of vodka and doing a lot of coke for a couple years. And I was very disappointed with myself. Yes, because. I said, oh, I've become this guy. Yeah. I mean, at a certain point, you you go, you got a choice down two paths. And you can either get your shit together or you can turn into Gabe Dorita and be a fucking <laughs> living in the past cokehead on the Lower East Side. Yeah. You find yourself uh, listening to Terror and doing coke at 7 a.m. on a Sunday. And you're like, oh, I don't listen to Terror. I I, I listen to Terror. They're one of my favorite bands, but yeah. no coke. I, I They're my church on Sundays. Madball Terror getting me set for the week. That's the good version of it. But there's the yeah. bad version where you're doing coke at 7 a.m. on a Sunday listening to Terror and Madball. That's a dark spot to be in. That's a very funny timeline to imagine, because when I was like doing coke at 7 a.m., it was like listening to the the and uh -huh. like, 
you know, uh, the flaming lips and like thinking I was a Ryan Adams song, but I can't imagine like terror and Madball jazz me up so much that I want to mosh on the subway. I could not be imagine being gacked out while doing that. Like That's just, I applaud you. That's incredible. Yeah. Well, you know, fortunately that didn't last too long. Yeah. And, and Hey, you know, and so compared to that, is uh, listening to Real Big Fish as a grown man, it could be worse. Well, I'll tell you, Ska is so much deeper than Real Big Fish. We get get to just fucking jump off that RBF train. But my (laughs) entrance song, my entrance song, it used to be Slow Gherkin, Trapped Like Rats in Myers Flat, but I would have to have the sound guy started at 18 seconds in when it was like, But no one really knew it. So my entrance song, like when I walk on stage now, is Real Big Fish Sellout. And when I get off stage, it's Turnstile Mystery. So it's a good fucking balance, you know? How many people recognize Turnstile song? A lot. Everybody recognizes both songs, you know? Okay. Yeah. Are your fans... Do they typically know about, you know, this kind of music or are they like just comedy fans or how does that work out? It's cool because I'm, like I said, unabashedly into what I'm into and I don't care if you like it or not. And a lot of people like that music and then get into my comedy or they get into my comedy and get into that music. And I'm beginning to share fan bases with different bands, which is really cool. Like having there's this band carried by six in Philly. They're like a great new hardcore band. And they'll like wear my shirts on stage and I'll wear theirs on like pocket. Like Catbite has my face on like a shirt that they wear on. It's, it's neat. And like their fans will have my shirts. My fans will have their shirt. Like it's, it's a real cool way to like, I don't know, have an entry point into a new audience. And it's really cool to see the people that are coming out to my shows. Like I'm, I'm digging it, man. My shows are like very, like a lot of Spanish, black, gay, and like then this subset of like tattooed weirdos. And I fucking love it. Like it's and and it's a lot due in part to that music gap, you know? Yeah. It's interesting how much crossover there is now between comedy and I'll call it like alternative subculture, whatever word you want to use for it, because, you know, that didn't seem to be true back in the day when, you know, when people thought of comedy, it was, you know, some like, PG, you know, stand up special you would see on Comedy Central with the guy in, you know, a sport jacket or whatever. Yeah. And then I feel like maybe about 10 years ago or something, comedy just they sort of took off the mask and it's like, oh, they're a bunch of fucking degenerates. Yeah. Well, I think podcasting has really helped that, especially like, you know, when bands are traveling and everything, they'll put on a podcast or they'll put on like an album the same way when we're on the road, we'll put on music and stuff. And I think podcasting has really given people an eye into almost like the depth of comedy and comedians, because I mean, a big part of being in a band is like riffing in the van and making each other laugh. And then you get to hear professionals do that with their friends. And it's like, Oh, we do that. And it's like fun to listen to. And I think that has kind of helped it grow in a way where that didn't really exist a while ago, you know? Right. You said you hate comedy, but I'm going to ask you about comedy anyway, or or a little bit sort of about the craft. So, you know, I I do Twitch twice a week for about three hours. Yeah. One thing it has made me appreciate more than ever is uh, stand-up comics because holy shit, like doing that, like just even doing Twitch is hard enough. Yeah. And Twitch is way more casual even than like stand-up where it's like you're getting in front of a bunch of people who are like, okay, make me laugh. Yeah. That seems like the most fucking intimidating 
difficult thing, especially, you know, the inevitable like parts where you're going to bomb for months and months and months or maybe years. Tell me about like working out the craft of comedy and what advice do you have for me? I mean, I'm severely mentally ill. You you have to be you have to yeah. have gotten kicked in the head by a mule in order to be like, I'm going to dedicate my life to this, <laughs> you know, but it's amazing. Comedy and music saved my life. And it's so funny because jokes are such a small part of this. There's so much like mental, emotional acceptance, like hearing no all the time. Yeah. You know, bombing, eating a dick, getting better and like seeing the progress, you know, but it's the best. I love it. And, you know, they talk about like finding your voice and that takes a long time. And like finding your voice is like finding who you are and who you want to be. And the goal for me has always been to be, I want to be on stage who I am in real life, but obviously it's like a heightened kind of yeah. version, but I didn't know who I was in my life for so long. So my standup, you know, my goal is to be truthful in my standup. And in order to do that, I had to be truthful in my life. So there's like behind right. the scenes work that's going on where like my personal life if that's stagnating, my standup stagnates right. and they go hand in hand. I want my personal life to succeed as I want my standup to succeed. And podcasting has helped that because you constantly got to be like quick and thinking and going and going it's fucking hard. Yeah. But when you are with your friends, it's so much easier in a way because you already have that. You already click, right. you know, and you just get that from doing it and never quitting. That's like the best advice I ever got is be funny and don't quit. Funny first. And in order to be funny first, you got to fail and you got to yep. say the wrong thing and you got to fuck up and you got to. I'm not one of these guys. It's like, I'm offensive. And if you don't like it, fuck you. Right. But in order to get to a better funny place, sometimes you say offensive shit to go. Oh, yeah. Like there's this joke I've been working on. And it kind of was dying at the end, but I kept doing it. And then at the end, people were like, oh, oh my God. But I had this moment the other night where it got to that and getting through that, I go, oh, I know why, because I'm ending on this. And if I take it further and then I mm. added to it to kind of wrap it up and it's great. So I had to fail at it and get there in order to get it better. But that's like really tough. And it's crazy to me. Because I, at the end of the day, I love attention and it's very funny to be like, hi, everybody, you're a room of 300 people focus on me, yeah. you know, but I love making people smile. I love making people happy. I love making people feel better leaving them when they came in. And if I can give them a fun distraction from the shit in their life, well then, Hey, you're giving me a distraction from the shit in mine. It's fucking hand in hand, you know, but it is so funny because I'm like obsessed with firefighters and I love okay. firefighting, you know, <laughs> and there's this firefighter store in Manhattan and I go in, I get a bunch of shirts and I'm talking to the firefighter outside, la di da. And the guy is this old Irish guy and he's going it's like, so you're a firefighter groupie. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I was a firefighter in high school. I fucking loved it. Okay. And, and I just played Philly where I'm from. Well, I'm from Delaware, which is outside of Philly, but yeah. I just like played this club in Philly and it was so cool. I came back and it was like packed out and someone in the crowd was a guy I used to firefight with when I was in high school. It was pretty neat. But anyway, so you're at the firefighter store. Yeah, I'm at the firefighter store and I'm talking to a legit firefighter and he goes, man, you're a comic. I couldn't do what you do. That's so brave to do that. And I go, buddy, let me stop you. You were in 9-11. OK, what are we doing here? I'm a clown. 
I am a traveling clown. I get it. I know what it is, but you're doing the real shit, you know? But it is scary to go up and do it. You just got to keep doing it till you feel comfortable with with anything in life. You know, for me doing Twitch, even just six hours a week, but like that's a pretty good amount of time. I can tell that I've gotten a a lot lot better in the past year. The part that's difficult for me, and I would would love to get your uh, advice on this as a professional, I consider my second channel to basically be a comedy channel. Not everything I do on there is is right is is funny, but but pretty much that's I think of it. I guess my voice, even though I prefer it maybe to be something else, like I think your voice is what it is, whether you like it or not. Yeah, I I, I think of it as I guess it's like roast comedy. Mm -hmm. And uh, the tricky thing is that. you know, people don't really like their music to be roasted. Yeah. The stuff that they like to be roasted. So uh, on the one hand, I'm like, well, you know, I want to do I want to give the people what they want. On the other hand, you got to be who you are. How do you kind of uh, reconcile those two things? I mean, at the end of the day, everybody has an unspoken contractual agreement that these are jokes. You're going into it knowing that the goal, no matter what it is, is to elicit laughter. So even if you like say something and someone doesn't like it, it's like, well, I'm fucking trying here, you know, like accept that. And it may not be for you. That's fine. But it's not about you. And, you know, if you're on Twitch and you're like roasting, people are tuning into your Twitch because they like you. They know what the deal is. And if they get butt hurt, it's like, well, that's on you. And if they get butt hurt to the point where they want to like talk about it's like the ego on you to think you were that special in a public sphere to then make it specifically about you. It's like, dude, you're trying to have fun. At the end of the day, it's entertainment. We're all entertaining each other and having a good time. And your roasts, I bet, have gotten better because at first they probably weren't like, no, and this is not a knock on you. It's how it always is. Not clever, very base, very fucking low hanging fruit. And then you go, oh, that kind of sucked. I did make someone feel bad. And then you go, well, let me get better. Yeah, I never want to make people. I never, ever, ever want to make anyone feel bad ever. Same here. Unless they're a total piece of shit, which is very rare. Never. But. I think you can say a lot more and get away with it with a smile than you can in like a it's all about delivery. It's all about performance, you know, and if people know, yeah, he's joking. It's a lot more fun than like, is he serious? Right. What the fuck? And and that's the thing, too. As long as you're pure heart and, you know, I'm not trying to hurt anyone. I'm trying to have fun. If they don't like it, that's on them. And fuck them. I wonder if I should maybe wear like wear something silly to sort of to, because I think some people don't realize that I'm joking sometimes yeah and i wonder if i like overtly wore something silly to sort of let people know that this is silly bro you need a neon sign behind you that you click it's like joking laugh yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) jokes you know like i don't know maybe like pick up a banana and be like the fucking joke lines calling (laughs) the not take it seriously hotline hello i put a disclaimer on one of my videos once where i was making fun of european stuff because Europeans, I won't say who, but uh, somebody in a very popular hardcore band that I'm sure everybody watching this loves told me this. They have a term that they came up called EPD, European Personality Disorder. Bro, 
off air, tell me who that is, and I'm sending them an edible arrangement. <laughs> that is the best thing I've ever heard. Europeans suck. They have no sense of humor. It is insane. Uh, playing clubs a- in the city, and some family is visiting from Luxembourg, and they're just like, da, and I'm like, shut up. I did not laugh at your joke. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then I get mad, and I focus on them, and then I'm like, Oh, this blue-eyed, blonde-haired family doesn't understand English, you know? And I get it, but like... <laughs> well, that that would be fine, but it's like, they just, they have no ability to laugh at themselves, and they just instantly turn it to like these really like nasty nationalist comments about Americans, and it's like, you, yeah. you're just proving my point. Exactly. So I had to put a disclaimer at the beginning of that video that said, warning, the following content contains jokes. <laughs> Dude, that's amazing. EPD is so funny. I love that so much. And it, and it is so, dude, everyone, it, it's like, when we get off stage, other comments will be like, how are they? And we'll be like, European. And they're like, oh, God. You know, it's like going down to the coal mines. Like, oh, I guess I got to put on my helmet, get ready, you know? Yeah, it is. But, uh, you know, it's just, uh, it. but hey, but Europeans that, pay I, the bills too. I will say that goes back to music and a big part of music is like energy. And that's why every fucking hardcore band at the beginning of their set is like, get to the front, you fucking pussies, because they want that like energy and they feed off of it. And a big part of comedy is like being able to 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 decipher the energy of the room and feel it and be able to shift when something doesn't hit and recognize what's going on. Cause at the end of the day, there are shitty crowds, but it's right. my job as a professional to make them laugh. And very, very, very rarely will I be like, Oh, it's them. I'm very hard on myself. And I'm like, I yeah. should have done that, blah, blah. But sometimes you just got to call a spade a spade and be like, they fucking suck. They're thoughtless pigs. And all they want is their slop. And you know, I'm not like when I'm, when that happens, I have this like sick thing in me where I'm like, Oh, you don't want to laugh. I'm going to burn this to the ground and I'm going to make you exactly like regret being here and just give them my darkest fucking awful, like uncomfortable to be like, this is what you get. You fucking pigs. You know, that's when it's time to just go in on the Europeans. Like, okay, just remember, buddy, you chose this, not me. This is going to hurt you a lot more than it hurts me. Turns out no Europeans in the crowd. They just do It's me. And I'm just xenophobic. <laughs> like this guy sucks. <laughs> I, it, sometimes you have to dehumanize the enemy to do your job. Yeah, you got to, man. Hey, it's, it's all par for the course, you know, got to do what you got to do. All right. Well, I will uh, let you get on with the rest of your day, but thank you very much for uh, joining to, uh, defend ska here in the court of public opinion can you remind everyone about your podcast before i let you go yes being ian with jordan it's on youtube patreon.com slash being ian pod me and jordan jensen i'll link it in the description of this video as well on youtube you're the man and and i said it before and i'll say it again i truly mean it i'm a huge fan having me on i'm honored man i i love your channel i think it's great even like People disagreeing and stuff, it's cool because it gets people talking and more people might get into the shit you're talking about than not, you know? And uh, I'm so happy. I really enjoyed this. And uh, if you want, iAnimal69 on Instagram, Twitter, and Twitch. 
I'm going to be at uh, Denver Comedy Works January 11th to 12th, Tampa, Florida, January 26th, 28th. And at the end of the day, I just got to say, no matter what, you got to keep on skanking, baby. Keep on skanking. That's a great note to end it on. Thank you very much. I will catch you later. All right, my friends, that does it for this episode of the podcast. If you made it this far, thank you. Thank you for listening. We sincerely appreciate each and every one of you. If you want to help the show, there's a couple things that you can do. First of all, share it on social media. If you share it, tag us, tag Finn McKenty, that's me, and tag Deanna Chapman, that's a producer. Second thing you can do, if you really, really, really love us and really want to support us, you can support us on Patreon. There's a link to that in the show notes. You can leave a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever else you're listening to this, or you can do none of that, and you can just sit at home thinking about how awesome this podcast is. That works too. Again, thank you very much to each and every one of you for listening. We sincerely appreciate it, and we'll see you next time. Bowie, Dylan, Marley. You've heard the names, and maybe you've heard their songs. But what about the stories behind the records that make titans of music like these so universally loved and important? Join me, Josh Adam Myers, host of The 500, as each week I go through a different album from Rolling Stone Magazine's 500 Greatest Albums list from 2012 with an incredible lineup of comedians, actors, and musicians talking about how the music has impacted their lives. New episodes of The 500 come out every Wednesday. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts. This is the story of Whitney Houston. This is the story of Kurt Cobain. Of George Michael, of Otis Redding, of Amy Winehouse, of Michael Hutchins, Bob Marley. This is the story of Prince. It's a new podcast series. About how they died, why they died, and why we're still talking about them so long after. It's like nothing you've ever heard before. It's storytelling. But it's more than that, because rock stars... They tell us how we feel. They change our mood. They change the clothes we wear, the people we hang out with. The way we remember things. It's them who give us those ludicrous moments, the ones where you're... Jumping around, singing your heart out, feeling understood. And it's those moments we'll help you remember, the ones you're thinking about right now. That feeling. That feeling. It's coming soon from Crowd Network. Just search for Death of a Rockstar on your podcast app. And subscribe now.